In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. Welcome back to Everyday Einstein's Quick and Dirty Tips for Making Sense of Science. I'm your host, Lee Phelan, and today we're going to talk about capacitors. If you were to take apart pretty much any electronic device in your home, mixed in with the various bits and bobs of circuitry, you would find that one item appears over and over again. Capacitors come in a variety of shapes and sizes, but they all have the same job, to store up electricity. Let's take a look at some of the science behind how they work. But first, this podcast is brought to you by lynda.com, where you can choose from over 85,000 video tutorials on topics ranging from salary negotiation to social media, web design, and more. And you can try it free for seven days by going to lynda.com slash everyday. You can save and prioritize courses in a customized queue, and you can even learn on the go with the lynda.com optimized mobile site. That's lynda.com slash everyday. Way back in the 1700s, people knew about electricity but still didn't understand exactly what it was. For some time, scientists had been able to produce static electricity pretty easily, but couldn't really do anything useful with it. Many scientists believed that electricity was some kind of fluid, so they thought it might be possible to store it in a jar, just like any other fluid. Then one day, at the University of Leiden in the Netherlands, some scientists invented just such a jar, which came to be called a Leiden jar. These special jars consisted of a glass jar, with most of the inside lined with a thin metal foil. The outside and bottom of the jar were also lined with foil. The jar was sealed with some kind of insulating lid, such as wood or cork, and a brass rod was inserted inside, with a chain leading from the rod to the inner foil. Finally, the outside of the jar was grounded, which means it was connected to the earth by some form of conductor. When connected to a source of static electricity, electrons flow into the jar through the metal rod, travel through the inner foil, and try to find a way out again. However, since the glass is an insulator, the walls of the jar keep the electrons from escaping, and they just build up inside. Meanwhile, all of those negatively charged electrons on the inner foil cause the electrons on the outer foil to get a bit edgy. As we learned in my previous episode on static electricity, like charges repel, so the electrons on the outside of the jar want to get away from the excess inner electrons. Since the outside of the jar is grounded, those extra electrons escape to the earth. Now we have an excess of electrons on the inside of the jar, and a deficiency of electrons on the outside of the jar. As you might also remember from the episode on static electricity, when we have a large difference in electrons between two surfaces, and those surfaces are connected in some way, the excess electrons flee rapidly in an electrostatic discharge. The Florida State University Magnet Lab has a great animation that demonstrates just how a Leyden jar works. One of the interesting bits of history about the Leyden jar is when Benjamin Franklin learned about it, he conducted several experiments with it. In one of the experiments, he connected a group of jars together to see if he could store a more powerful charge. The arrangement reminded Franklin of a group of artillery weapons, so he referred to it by the same term, calling it an electrical battery. You're probably thinking, sure, thanks for this history lesson, but what does that got to do with capacitors? I'm glad you asked. Modern capacitors function just like Leyden jars. They store up electricity and then discharge it rapidly. 
However, instead of using a glass jar as the insulator, modern capacitors use a variety of materials, including plastic, ceramics, and even special anodized metals. In modern capacitors, this insulating layer is called the dielectric. Just how much charge a capacitor can store depends on the materials it's made from, as well as its size and shape. The amount of charge a capacitor can hold is called its capacitance, and it's measured in a unit called farads. Now, while this description makes capacitors sound like one-trick ponies, how they're used in relation to other electronic parts give them a wide variety of applications, such as smoothing out power fluctuations, providing rapid bursts of power, and even providing a method of keeping track of time. Once again, thanks to our sponsor, Lynda.com. With Lynda.com, you can learn software, business, and creative skills to achieve personal and professional goals. Try Lynda.com free for seven days by visiting Lynda.com slash everyday. So now you know a little more about capacitors. If you want to know more about this or any other electronic component, I highly recommend the excellent video series on the subject by the folks at Make Magazine. As a warning, while most capacitors only store a small amount of charge, the capacitors inside of cameras used to power the flash can store a very painful charge, and capacitors inside of television sets can store a lethal charge, even after they've been unplugged for several days. So take careful precautions if you ever plan on rooting around inside electronic devices. If you liked today's episode, you can become a fan of Everyday Einstein on Facebook or follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash QDTEinstein. If you have a question you'd like to see on a future episode, send me an email at everydayeinstein at quickanddirtytips.com. Until next time, I'm your host, Lee Phelan, with Everyday Einstein's Quick and Dirty Tips for Making Sense of Science. If you travel, you know when it comes to love. See you soon. Can't wait. The sky is no limit. You know with your Delta Amex card, being oceans apart means meeting in Aruba. And booking a war travel with your card means saving 15% on Delta flights. You know kissing under the bridge of size guarantees eternal love. Because you're the long-distance lovebirds. It's why you're a Delta SkyMiles Platinum American Express card member. If you travel, you know. Takeoff 15, discount not applicable to partner-operated flights or taxes and fees. Terms apply. Visit go.amex.com.